Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Micah Patra, joined by a special guest, fantastic guest, the one and only Mike Barner. For those of you who do not know, Mike is an avid fantasy DFS player, one of the great minds in the business, fantastic dude overall. He's going to be with me tonight breaking down this wonderful 13-game slate, Mike. I, I was just joking. I'd, uh, I didn't know that when we talked a few weeks ago that I'd put you under the pressure and the spotlight of a 13-gamer, man, but I'm glad to have you. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, I mean, there's certainly plenty to talk about, so if there was ever a time to do this, this is it, right? Yeah, I guess so. And Mike, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, um, you know, where they could find your work. I mean, you're also, uh, shout out to you. I had a ton of fun last season when you hosted that uh, the contest for a lot of like the, the DFS pros and experts around the industry. Uh, you, you got a nice little foothold on this industry, man. That's why I was glad that, you know, you agreed to hop on with me. I'm really excited to have you. But let the people know a little bit about you and, you know, where they can find your work and stuff. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. I, uh, I contribute to a lot of sites. Uh, if you're looking for DS, DFS work, most of my DFS content is on Rotowire. Uh, I also do stuff for DraftKings. Uh, I do a lot of betting content for Sportsline. Uh, this, this, this month actually marks my 15th year as a fantasy sports writer, so I thought that was uh, pretty cool. I just realized that the other day. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at RotoMikeBarner. Uh, I have all the links to all my articles and picks and stuff like that on there. 15 years man that's a long time that's i yeah. mean i thought i thought i was breaking in now i think i'm on year six uh something like that and i got some uh, you got some years on me man I'm, I'm the young buck in this i'm the rookie <laughs> over here compared to you man but uh you know I, i'm glad to have you this is awesome and talk to me it a just bit about means that, that i'm old that's all it just <laughs> means i'm old <laughs> and so that contest you had man that was a great idea that was fun um you know i was actually i was hoping that you do another one this year maybe it's not too late maybe we get one going later in the year but <laughs> Uh, that was a great time, man. It was just a, it was a nice little single entry contest for those. Uh, I might've mentioned it on the show, I think a few times last season, but I think we had what, 20, 25 people from all different sites, uh, a couple of representatives for each website. And it was just a load of fun. I mean, I, I think when it ended up, Greg, uh, just ended up crushing all of us though. Shout out to Greg. Uh, yeah. I was like top three or four <laughs> or something in there, but that, that dude's a stud as well. Yeah, I did that. Uh, we did, I did one. Uh, for basketball, one for baseball, one for football, and I did that because uh, with COVID, I didn't. I, I normally do a lot of experts or ex, quote unquote experts uh, season long leagues, um, and those were just so up in the air with how COVID was. So I decided to do some DFS ones because at least we could change as things moved along on a daily basis, uh, and that was a lot of fun. I will probably do them again in the future. It just kind of got with all the stuff going on. I, let that go by the wayside. But yeah, I would probably do that again sometime. That was a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. Well, we got a lot of games to talk about, so we're going to have to jump right into this. Before we do, a quick shout out to Thrive Fantasy, guys. You hear me talk about it all the time. Come prop up with us over there this NBA season. If you do not know what Thrive is, uh, it is the leading daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you eliminate countless hours of research. Focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. You choose 10 of 20 available prop bets to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fancy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. You hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win a share of a prize pool. Very similar to DraftKings, for instance. Uh, always those prize pools. You win a share of it. Thrive is over 50000 in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA alone. has awarded over $6 million so far. So head over there. Use the promo code ETHOS. That's E-T-H-O-S. When you sign up today, receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. You can download Thrive in the App Store, Play Store, or visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. All right. Got to get that out of the way, Mike. But we have the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> traveling to Washington, taking on the Wizards in this one. Uh, for the injury report, DeAndre Bembry is questionable. Nick Claxton, Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, Paul Millsap all ruled out for the Wizards. Looks like they're pretty much good to go as far as their starters. It's just the G League guys uh, that are not going to be there. So nothing to really talk about. Bradley Beal returned in that last game, which we saw. Game's coming in at a 229.5 game total. Brooklyn's being favored by two. I will let you lead off. You are the man of the hour. Talk about Brooklyn for me. What are you looking at? Yeah, so we're on the road here. That means Kyrie Irving's going to play. The Nets certainly need him. Uh, I do really like James Harden, especially with Durant out. 
Uh, he's pricey on DraftKings, 11600 is his salary. Uh, he does have a double-double in four of the last five games, and he feels like anytime he steps on the court, especially with Durant out, he's a threat for a triple-double on a nightly basis. So um, if you're looking for one of the big home run, high price guys, he's someone to consider for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's no doubt about it. I think, you know, Harden just elevates his game when we see Durant off the floor. That triple-double is always in, in reach. Um, 11-6 is a fantastic price tag. I think he's sporting something like a 33 or 34% usage rate with Durant off the floor, uh, averaging 1.52 DK points per minute. So there's a lot of there's a lot of priced-up studs we could look at on this slate. Uh, he's certainly probably going to be at the top of the list for me when it comes down to it, just by his sheer floor. Uh, he has the same ceiling that all these other guys have, like Jokic and Giannis and everybody else that we'll get to. But it's that floor, man. You can't you can't beat that floor uh, when you're looking at this game. And you know, expect it to be pretty competitive with only two point spread being favored towards Washington. So, yeah, sign sign me up there. Uh, what about some of these guys in the front court? Are you looking at Sharp or Aldridge? I mean, it looks like they're pretty much chalk, uh, chopping up the minutes right down the middle. Uh, do you consider any one of those guys? I mean, Sharp getting a little bit priced up. They're very similar now, forty four and forty six hundred. Do you prefer one over the other? Uh, no, I prefer neither. Uh, I'm going to be really picky on the slate because there's 13 games and there's so many different options. I feel like I can find someone better that I like than both of them. So I'm I'm avoiding both. All right. We'll slide over to Washington then because I'm kind of right there with you. I think Harden was the main guy I'm looking at. Wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go to Kyrie. But in that like low nine range and even the high eight range, there's 13 games, man. There's so many guards available. Yeah. Uh, on the Washington side of things, I'm going to keep it short and sweet here. I'm not too interested in much over here. I, I can see taking stabs at Kuzma. Uh, the price tag, 7-8, it's very fair for his recent performances. I mean, the dude's just been rebounding like a tank as of lately. Uh, you know, It feels like eventually it's going to come back down to earth, and it could be, obviously, with Beal back in this lineup. I mean, he still put up 50 DK points in only 29 minutes in that Philly game with Beal in the lineup. So he's like the only real guy of any consideration for Uh but I don't even see myself landing on too, too many shares of him when it's all said and done. Is there anybody on Washington that you like? No, my uh, summary for Washington here was actually players to not pursue uh, in DFS. I really hate what's become of their center spot with Gafford, Harrell, and Thomas Bryant all healthy. Those are guys to avoid. Like you said, there's there's really no one on the Wizards here that I'm targeting. All right. Nice, short, and sweet. We'll move on. Orlando Magic traveling to Philadelphia. Taking on the 76ers for the Magic. Wendell Carter Jr. is questionable, while Michael Carter-Williams, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, and Etwan Moore are all rolled out. And then for the Sixers, Danny Green, Shake Milton, Paul Reed, Ben Simmons, Matisse Thibel, all rolled out as well. As of right now, this game's coming in at a 213 game total. Philly being favored by 11 and a half. I'll pass it over to you to take on Orlando. Uh, yeah, again, this is another situation where I'm not too excited about anybody uh, Mo Bamba has been pretty limited lately. He's normally someone that's been uh, worth pursuing in DFS because he does so much with the defensive stats. Um, but he's been playing limited minutes since coming back. We don't know the Wendell Carter Jr. situation yet. That could change things significantly one way or another. Uh, so, again, this is like the wizard situation. and I'm not really too pumped about anybody on the Magic. Yeah, if we hear that, you know, Mo Bamba's back into the starting lineup and there's going to be no sort of minutes restriction or anything like that, I know that they've been taking him off the bench just to get his conditioning co- sort of back into things. I'd have a little interest because, believe it or not, he's, he's played pretty well in this matchup earlier in the season. Uh, two games, he's averaged about 43 DK points in 31 minutes, uh, 15 and 12 and a half point, uh, rebounds, 15 points, 12 and a half rebounds. But again, I need to have all that information readily available. I'm not just going to take stabs, especially if he comes off the bench. Uh, on the Philly side of things, ready for this? It's going to be the theme of the night, Mike. we got to be picky on the 13-game slate. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> not really anybody. I, I like Tobias Harris's price point at 6700 uh, That's probably about it. You know, I think that at that price tag, we can finally start to consider him because I think all season long, he's been just egregiously overpriced. Uh, anywhere between, you know, 8-2 and 8-8. I, I'm never paying that price tag. But at 67 uh, I can have a couple of shares. He's another guy averaging about 40.5 DK points in two matchups against uh, the Magic this season. But that's probably... The only guy I'm keeping in my player pool for this. Did yeah, I, I, I? Sorry, I thought I lost you for a second. My fault. No, no, my fault. I think it was on my end. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on the Sixers end. There's not anything too exciting. I mean, you could roll with Embiid any given night. I mean, he's been a monster lately. Over the last 14 games, he's averaging just under 32 points, 9.9 rebounds, 4.2 assists, and 1.4 blocks. But there's a lot of really appealing centers for this slate. Um, so if there is a night to, to fade and beat, this might actually be it. Yeah, I agree. 
Well, now we can talk to talk about a good game, an exciting game, I guess. One of some DFS options, Charlotte Hornets. Anytime the Hornets are on the on the card, we got to have some interest. Going against Boston, uh, this game will be in Boston for the Celtics. It's Aaron Naismith, Marcus Smart, both questionable, uh, and then for the Hornets, Kelly Oubre Jr. is questionable. Looks like he may be able to return out of the health and safety protocols. Two twenty and a half game total. Boston being favored by six. Talk about the Hornets. Yeah, a lot of this game to me on both sides, um, I'm watching the status of Marcus Smart. He's obviously the best defensive guard on the Celtics. So if he's out, I think that really makes LaMelo Ball even more appealing. And Terry Rozier, um, if he's also out, that helps Dennis Schroeder, uh, who's only 6,400. Uh, he scored at least 33 D- uh, DraftKings fantasy points in three of the last four games with Smart out. Um, so I'm keeping my eye closely on the status of Smart heading into that game. Yeah, I think anytime that LaMelo Ball is priced under that 9K mark, I mean, the dude has the upside. And that's what we're kind of targeting on this slate. It'll be a theme. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from guys with just safe floors and, you know, mediocre upsides. If they don't have an upside to win me, a, you know, a tournament or a GPP, I'm probably not even keeping my player pool. There's going to be some high-scoring slates and high-scoring games uh, going on all night long. So I think LaMelo at 87 is probably the really only the guy I have interest in. If we see Ubre return, it'll definitely put a little bit of a wrinkle in things with you know Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, and Bridges as far as their usage. It becomes like a big muddled four-way combo or even five-way combo if you want to throw LaMelo in there where who's going to do it on any given night becomes the question. So it's probably just going to be LaMelo for me on the Boston side of things. I like a lot of these guys. I think you hit the nail on the head with Marcus Smart. Uh, he's definitely going to affect this game on both sides of the ball. But if he's out, Dennis Schroeder at 64, we could fire him right back up. We know that Charlotte has plays at, like, I think it's like the fifth fastest pace in the league. They allow, like, a league, like, top three in three-pointers allowed. Uh, they just bleed points all over the court. So, you know, looking at the spend-ups that we have on this slate, I think Tatum and Brown almost become a little contrarian. I think both those guys are excellent options. They both really uh, performed, overperformed their price tags and expectations and the games that they played earlier in the season. So I'll keep all three of those guys in my player pool. I won't mind landing on Brown or Tatum as like uh, one of these GPP pivots. Uh, but outside of those three, I'm not going to mess with the front court really. Wouldn't fault if you wanted to go that way again. It's just one of those fantastic matchups. But uh, anyone outside of Schroeder or just keeping Schroeder in the player pool? No, I think you summed that up perfectly. All right. We'll keep it moving. Fourth game of the night. Look at this, 13 games. We're, we're, we're chopping at like Paul Bundy here. Um, Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> traveling to Atlanta, taking on the Hawks for the Hawks. Bogdan Bogdanovich and Click Capella both rolled out. The Timberwolves are on the second half of a back-to-back, so we do not have the injury report for them. 233 game total, highest one that we've talked about so far, and I believe it's the second highest of the available totals that we have on the slate tonight. Uh, and this game right now is coming in with a two-point spread being favored towards Atlanta. Talk about the Timberwolves on the second half of a back-to-back. Yeah, uh, last I looked, uh, which is about 20 minutes ago at this point, they were in a pretty close battle with the Knicks. Um, so this might not exactly be an ideal situation for the Timberwolves. If there is one guy in the Timberwolves that I do like, though, I, I like D'Angelo Russell. I don't think he'll get a lot of pub on this busy slate. Uh, he's 7,600, uh, so he's not exactly a tremendous bargain. But uh, coming into tonight, he was averaging a career-high 7.1 assists per game. The Hawks have allowed the second-most assists per game in the league. Uh, and they also have the third worst defensive rating. Um, so he's someone that could sneak in there with a pretty good stat line. Yeah, I, I think it's something I always mention on our shows. If there's a point guard going against Atlanta, target them. Uh, yep. It's that's simple. It's Trey Young's kind of when Isaiah was actually playing minutes, he was kind of lumped into that category as one of the worst uh, defensive point guards in the league where, you know, the dude's a bucket on offense. He's one of the best players in the league. Don't get me wrong, but he, he really can't do anything on the defensive end of things. So, uh, it's always a good mismatch you can always target. So I think Russell was the one guy that I kind of had circled. Uh, and then I'm I'm normally a guy that, you know, doesn't mind taking stabs at Patrick Beverly. But on a 13-game slate of 5,200, I'll take a pass there too. Yep. Uh, on the Atlanta side of things, for everything negative I just said about Trey Young, he's certainly <laughs> playing this matchup. I mean, dude's under 10K. Uh, he's absolutely, like I just said, he's a walking bucket. You can give you 50 on any given night. He put up 59.3 DK points in this matchup earlier in the season. There's a lot of 9K guys. I think when it comes down to it, I still probably prefer those Boston guys for just a few hundred dollars cheaper. Uh, there's a lot, like, again, you're probably going to be looking to spend up, up on at least two 9K guys on this slate. We're, we're going to get to the value. The value is right around the corner. Uh, but I think Trey Young certainly in play. Looking at a guy like, uh, you know, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Werder with Noah Bogdanovich, both those guys seeing increased minutes and increased usage. 
I don't mind taking stabs at them either, but they're they're both pretty much priced appropriately. Uh, so they're not must plays by any mean, but I definitely think they're worth looking at at the very least. How about yourself? Yeah, uh, Herder was the name uh, that I was kind of circling around too. But like you said, the the salaries don't exactly scream must add to your entry. Um, so I guess I'd see how the rest of your lineup shakes out first and then maybe use them as a fill-in if, if you have an opportunity. If you land on them, man, there's worse things you can do. Exactly. Or five, fifth game, 7.30 start time, Eastern Standard start time. Portland Trail Blazers traveling to Miami, taking on the Heat here. Kyle Lowry, Markeith Morris, Casey Akpala, Victor Oladipo, Chris Silva, all ruled out. And then for the Blazers, C.J. Ellaby uh, is questionable. Um, Norman Powell is doubtful. Larry Nance Jr., Damian Lillard, Cody Zeller all rolled out. And then Dennis Smith Jr. is probable. So 215 and a half game total. Miami being favored by nine points. Doesn't matter who Miami has on the court for them. They're they're pretty much always going to keep the game competitive. <laughs> uh, but I'll pass it over to you. Talk about this Blazers team. I know McCollum was coming into that last game. They said he was going to be under uh, some sort of restriction. Managed to play 28 minutes. Do you see that getting bumped up in this one? And at 8K, is he somebody you're considering? If it does get bumped up, I don't think it gets bumped up more than a couple of minutes. At that salary, he's someone that I'm avoiding like the plague. Uh, I, there's just so many other guys, like we've said a couple of times already, uh, in that salary range. I'm not going to take a guy who has any sort of question mark with an $8,000 salary, and he has one, um, so I'd be avoiding him. Yeah, especially against this Miami defense. It's not like it's going against Houston. If it was against Houston, I'd probably have some consideration or Charlotte or one of those other teams that we just know is porous on defense where, you know, he could drop 30 actual points in 30 minutes. But I'm kind of right there with you. I think with all these other options, uh, I'm, I'm almost crossing off Portland and all in all. I mean, all these other guys are priced appropriately or a little priced up. Uh, but on the Miami side of the ball, I definitely think I have a little bit of interest. And in Jimmy Butler at 9-1. It becomes tough because, again, those Boston guys, man, that that's what makes some of these other guys tough. I, I really like those Boston guys in that Charlotte matchup. But Jimmy Butler is just seeing a massive uh, you know, boost in usage with Kyle Lowry off the floor. It's 27.7 usage rate. He's averaging 1.32 DK points per minute with Kyle Lowry off the floor. So he's definitely in play. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I probably won't end up on BAM just yet. I'm, I'm kind of – I like that price point. I'm – liking it but there's so many centers you said it earlier in the show man there's a lot of centers to choose from so for the most part it's really just jimmy butler for me but again i wouldn't fault people if they wanted to look at like a tyler hero or a bam i probably won't end up on like gabe vincent even though he drew the start but it's a good matchup for him portland's defense is just as bad as you know some of these other teams that we've already talked about but what are you looking at over here on miami yeah butler is a guy that i'm actually targeting uh heavily i think i mean he had a triple double with lowry out monday He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, like you said, Trailblazers, bad defensive team. So he's one of the guys with a hefty salary that I feel very comfortable adding to my entry. Uh, and then Hero at 7,300. Uh, he scored 36 and a half DraftKings fantasy points uh, with Lowry out the other night. So he's appealing. If I can only pick one of the two, it's definitely Butler uh, for sure, though. Yeah, Butler just gives you that that 50 to 60 point upside on a night-to-night basis, it feels like, with uh, no Kyle Lowry in that lineup. But we'll, uh, we'll keep it on moving. We're almost halfway through the slate, man. We're cruising. Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to Chicago, taking on the Bullies in this one for the Bulls. Lonzo Ball continues to be out, as well as Zach Levine, Derek Jones Jr., Javante Green, Patrick Williams. And then for the Cavs, Rondo, Ricky Rubio, Colin Sexton, Lamar Stevens, all ruled out. Uh, right now, this game looks like it is coming Oh. Nope, we do not have a game total for this one yet. The one, one of the few that we do not have at the moment. So we're going to have to wait and see on that one. Uh, I don't know who would really be affecting that. I mean, we pretty much have all the news that we need right now to determine the line. But is Darius Garland 9K? Is it getting up there? Is it, is it too much on this slate? Because for me, it feels like feels like I might be avoiding him on this slate. As good as he's been, I don't think I'll end up with too many shares. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think maybe the reason why this line hasn't come out yet is because maybe they're just waiting to see how much of a minutes restriction Alex Caruso is going to be on. I mean, that's definitely <laughs> the difference maker there. Uh, I'm, I'm a Bulls fan. I love Alex Caruso. Uh, so I say that kind of tongue in cheek. Uh, but the Bulls are they're a mess right now. Getting Caruso back would certainly help in their efforts of defending Garland. Um, but I worry that this game could turn into a blowout pretty quick. Um, and if that happens, we might not see a lot of Garland in the second half. So I, I agree with you. I would probably be 
fading Garland on this slate. Yep, and I don't. I think the ancillary options as far as like Isaac Okoro, 4K. We're going to talk about guys around that price range. I think are a little better. Feels like most of the value is in the second half of the slate so far. But don't see myself going with anybody on Cleveland. Um, if Caruso is playing without a minutes restriction at 4800, I'd have interest in him. But with him returning, it's going to take a little bit of the luster away from Kobe White, who's now up to 6500. AO's up at 5800. It'll take a little bit of the luster away from him as well. So. For the most part, it would only be Alex Caruso for me. If we see that there's no restrictions, I, I wouldn't mind you if you wanted to go to DeRozan. But again, Butler, Boston guys, I'll take both of the that group of three over him. So probably won't end up with much here on Chicago. Yeah, I, I think Caruso is going to be on a minutes limit. Uh, I mean, he was dealing with the injury before he entered into the protocol. So he's been out for a while. I believe he's missed 13 or 14 games or something like that. So he, he's been out for quite a bit. Uh, I, I would be surprised if he played more than 20, 25 minutes in this game. Uh, I, I do like Do Dosumu uh, at 5,800. He's been great with them shorthanded. Last two games, uh, he averaged 18 points, seven rebounds, eight assists, and two and a half steals. He's one of the best defenders they have on the team. And because of their limited uh, depth chart right now, he's going to play a lot regardless of the score. Um, so if there is a guy I'm targeting on the Bulls, he would be it. All right. We will keep it moving. 8 p.m. Eastern start time. Memphis Grizzlies traveling to Milwaukee, taking on the Bucks. Kyle Anderson, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Tyrell Terry, Killian Tilly all rolled out. And then for the Bucks, Brooke Lopez continues to be out after that back surgery. Drew Holiday is questionable, so that's the big news in this game that we kind of have to keep an eye on. 225 and a half game total. Milwaukee being favored by four and a half. I feel like we finally got some value available, man. We're <laughs> going to talk about it, but I'll let you lead off of Memphis. Yeah, this is what we've all been sitting on, uh, waiting to to roll with our guys with cheap salaries. Uh, the big news that came out uh, tonight was that uh, Desmond Bain and Kyle Anderson have entered the health and safety protocols. So that leaves DeAnthony Melton, who just has such a hard time finding his way into big minutes. Uh, even with how well he's played when given big minutes. Uh, they probably won't have a choice but to play him a lot. He's only 3,700. Um, so that immediately jumps off as the chalk value play of the night. Um, also, I, I would say don't sleep on John Conchar. Uh, he's just below Melton at 3,600. Uh, I was watching them against the Timberwolves last week. The guy had 15 points and 17 rebounds in the game. It was it was mind-boggling. He just seemed to be everywhere uh, on the glass. So I, I think... That if you're in a cash contest, Melton is going to be the more guy to roll with there. If you're in tournaments, I like Conchar, and I wouldn't be opposed to rolling with both. Dude, I, I'm I'm all over Conchar in this slate, man. Um, I do like him a lot, especially uh, he's he's a little bit more versatile. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they they could play him at the one, two, three. Might even see a little bit of extended run with him at the four in small ball lineups. They can do anything they want with this guy, and he's very active. Like you said, that 17-rebound game, I don't think we're expecting one of those. If it happens, great. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'm not going to be mad about it. But uh, I just like this dude at the price point and his ability just to kind of stuff the stat sheet all over the place. He's a, he's a guard that can just rack up some steals, blocks, get boards. He's always been good for like four or five assists in games like this in this type of situation. Uh, going against Milwaukee, Milwaukee plays at an extremely fast pace, so there's a lot to like. Uh, I'm on both those guys, Melton and Conchar. I think when it's all said and done, I'll probably end up, like you said, I'm more of a tournament player myself, Mike. I, I do play a little bit of cash. Uh, I'll probably end up on a lot more Conchar than anything. And I think the only other guy worth mentioning would be Brandon Clark at like 5K. Not a must play by any means necessary, but you know, knowing that he gets it done in about 20 minutes, he should be looking at about 24 or 25. If anything happens to you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. or Steven Adams, if either one of them gets into foul trouble, he'll see even more run. Uh, he's got a little bit of upside in this type of matchup. And, you know, I could see this being one of those games where Jaron Jackson might find himself in foul trouble with Giannis just barreling down at him. But uh, there's a lot to like on this Memphis side of the ball regardless. Uh, for Milwaukee, I don't think I'll play anybody. Um, I don't, It doesn't feel right. kind of feels gross saying that, to be honest. But Giannis up at 12K, it's worth the price tag. Don't get me wrong. I just prefer Harden for $400 less. Uh, Middleton up at 8-8. Is he worth it? Absolutely. But then now we're getting into that Jimmy Butler territory uh, and the Boston guys who I think I slightly prefer a little bit more. Now, if you're doing a little bit of a game stack and you are running it back with some big pieces over there on Memphis, it might make a little bit more sense. But for the most part, I just don't see myself landing on too much over here from Milwaukee. 
Yeah, I completely agree. You summed that up perfectly. I would much rather have Butler over Middleton. Um, I mean, you can't really argue against Giannis if you want to play him, but I think there's other areas to go. Uh, just circling back to that Brandon Clark point that you made, I I think we're going to see a lot less Stephen Adams in this game. I mean, Bobby Portis is not a good matchup for Stephen Adams. Portis is a good three-point shooter and plays a lot out there. Um, so I think Jackson and Clark would be a better duo against Portis and Giannis um, than Jackson and Stephen Adams. So you might get some extra minutes for Clark here. Fair point. 8.30 start time, Eastern Standard. Toronto traveling to Dallas. Taking on the Mavericks here. Uh, for the injury report, Reggie Bullock and Max Kleber are both questionable. For the Raptors, Ken Birch, Isaac Bonga, Goran Dragic, David Johnson, all out. And then Gary Trent Jr. is questionable as well. Every time I, th- I see David Johnson, man, I can't I can't help but think about the running back. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's nature, man. Um, yeah. a football guy as well, but I, I try to stay in my lane, Mike. I do play a little DFS football, but I'm not out here giving advice for it because I don't I don't <laughs> trust my advice sometimes, man. When it comes to football, uh, but for the Raptors, I'll let you tee this one up. Uh, is it still is it still cool just to keep continuing to ride the precious Achuo train? Yeah, I mean, he's been pretty good, and it's not like the Mavericks are a great uh, rebounding team or, you know, have a lot of great talent at center there. So, I mean, he's he's an option. I, to be honest, I'm not really excited about anyone in this game. Uh, Luka's obviously a, a great pick on most nights, but the Raptors, they're a pretty long and athletic team. They're, they're really good at switching, and they have a lot of, of guys that are plus defenders. So I'm not overly excited about anyone on either side here. Is, is there anyone that, that tickles your fancy in this game? Not on the Dallas side. I think Precious would be the one guy I would consider, uh, you know, with Ken Birch now being out, I think they said 10 to 14 days with that broken nose, which, I mean, let's be real. That thing has to be broke because we've seen a lot of guys break a <laughs> nose, miss a game, maybe two, throw a mask on, come back out. Uh, he got that thing busted, though. So I, I don't mind looking at Precious. You know, we, we're going to talk about a couple more centers on this late as it continues. But at 4,400, as long as he's playing 30 to 35 minutes like he's been over the past two games, I mean, he's what he had 30 DK points in that last one. We're looking at, I think it was like 37 uh, or no, 38 in that game prior. I'll keep him in my player pool at 4,400. Not a guy that I'm going to like build around necessarily, but, you know, safe floor, pretty safe ceiling as well. Uh, I don't mind taking stabs at him. But no, no, no one on Dallas, man. I'm a Mavericks fan. Just uh, shut throwing it out there. But <laughs> you can't you can't be a, you can't be a homer when it comes to DFS. I, I talk about that all the time. I very rarely play any Mavericks outside of you know a one off of Porzingis or Doncic here in there. But for the most part, this team has been primarily like a stay away from me all season long. Man, they just look ugly and stagnant on offense throughout periods of the game. Uh, decent team to target, like you said. They're pretty bad at rebounding. Pretty bad against centers overall, though. So that's why I'll keep Precious in there. We'll keep it moving though to the eight thirty. Uh, Eastern Standard Time game. OKC traveling to San Antonio, taking on the Spurs uh, for OKC. Theo Maladon, uh, Pakuveski, Roby, Paul Watson, Kenrich Williams all rolled out. And then for the Spurs, Zach Collins, Trey Jones, uh, Primo is in the G League. And then Devontae Kakak is ruled out. And then for the game total, we're looking at 220 and a half. San Antonio being favored by six. I don't think I mentioned the Toronto game total. It's 206 and a half. So it's one of the lower ones of the night. So there we go. Dallas being favored by three. But talk about OKC. Giddy, Shea, pretty much the only two guys I keep in my player pool on the night-to-night basis. I can't seem to get Dort right on a night nightly basis. It's like <laughs> between Dort and Harrison Barnes, those are, those are my Achilles heel when it comes to DFS, never being able to get those guys. But you tell me what you like. Yeah, Dort is a peculiar case. I mean, he's so aggressive. So sometimes if he's playing against a team that doesn't exactly have a great interior presence, he's he's a good option. It's not like uh, Jakob Pertl is some defensive stalwart in the center here for the Spurs. Uh, the Spurs play at a fast pace. They're not exactly a great defensive team either. So um, I think Giddy uh, and SGA would be my only considerations. I think I would lean towards Giddy of the two there. Um, just because Murray, uh, DeJounte Murray will probably spend a lot of his time guarding SGA uh, and he can cause some havoc there. So, uh, yeah, again, no one on the Thunder that, that screams out to me a must-add to your to your lineup. Yeah, it's almost the same thing for me over here on San Antonio. I think, you know, Derek White, the minutes should start to rise a little bit. I'm expecting him to play over 30 in this one. At 6,200, he's okay. But 
again, it's between like him and Schroeder. You know, there's always going to be somebody else on the slate that you have to compare him to. So I think he makes a great pivot off of Schroeder. Um, definitely has a little bit of upside in this matchup. But OKC's defense, uh, pretty lousy on the interior. But when it comes to the wings, man, they they with Dort, with Giddy, with Shea, they have some speed and size going around on the wings. So I, I just don't think I need to force it. But not a terrible guy where if I land on him, I'm going to be upset about it. Yeah, the, the one guy on the Spurs that, that I do like is is Murray. I know he's got a high salary at 9,700. Uh, he scored at least 50 DraftKings points in five of the last eight games. The last time these two teams met, he only had 10 points, uh, but he shot an uncharacteristic five for 19 from the field. Uh, what I liked about his performance in that game is that he had eight rebounds, nine assists, and three steals. The Thunder have allowed the second most rebounds per game and the ninth most assists per games in the league. So those are, could be areas uh, that he thrives in in this game. And if his shooting percentage normalizes, uh, we could see a nice all-around stat line from him. I would think it's hard to cross Murray off anytime. Yep. Uh, I think he's been one of the biggest – I wouldn't even say a surprise. I mean, I think for season-long leagues, we all drafted him accordingly uh, relatively early in leagues. I think I don't, if he ever slipped past your you know, mid, middle of the second or late at second round, I mean – reevaluate league members because we always knew this dude had the upside. There's no doubt about it. It was just kind of freeing up DeMar DeRozan and, you know, getting him out of there that allowed him just to kind of take hold of this team. So uh, definitely won't fault you if you ever want to look at Murray, man. I, I usually always have at least a couple shares of him. I'm a 13-game slate again, though. It, it might end up being tough, especially that guard position is going to be a little bit of a premium, uh, but I'll, I'll never fault you for that. Uh, next game, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start. Houston Rockets traveling to Utah taking on the Jazz. As we know, we got the news that Donovan Mitchell will be in the concussion protocol, so he is ruled out along with Hassan Whiteside. Uh, and the Rockets, they're good to go. Uh, no real injuries to be concerned with as far as uh, you know their starters or rotation players. Highest game total of the night right now is 235, and Utah being favored by 13 points despite being without Donovan Mitchell. Talk about this Rockets team. I know this is a game that we're going to want some, mat, some, some shares and uh, but it's always tough going against Utah. But anybody you're considering? Yeah, no, I, I mean, not really. I mean, Christian Wood's the guy that normally you would target uh, for a Rockets game. But, I mean, he's going to have to go against Rudy Gobert. So uh, that's a hard pass for me. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is just too inconsistent. He worries me. And then, you know, sometimes Eric Gordon is hot and sometimes he's cold. I, I just don't have any faith in anyone in the Rockets that would that would want me to put them in their lineup. I'd much rather move to the to the Jazz side of things. Absolutely, and well well said. Uh, yeah, Jazz with no Donovan Mitchell. There's going to be a lot to consider. I mean, Clarkson has a 30% usage rate with Mitchell off the floor. He's averaging like 1.01 DK points per minute. He's going to be the obvious chalk play that a lot of people are going to play in this game if they're playing anybody. Uh, but I, I always like to mention that Joe Ingles, whenever we see you know Donovan Mitchell rolled out, he gets a little bit more minutes. He gets a little bit more responsibility. He handles the ball a little bit more. You know, the usage is never going to be crazy high. The DK points per minute are never going to be crazy high. I think he has a 14.9% usage rate. Uh, he's averaging 0.77 DK points per minute with Mitchell off the floor. But 3,700, I mean, I can easily see him dropping. I would say his floor is probably right around 20. Ceiling could be 28 to 30. Uh, it's a great matchup. So if you ever want to give somebody a little boost from like a 0.77 to maybe like a 0.87, uh, that would be the matchup to do so. And so those are the two guys I'm primarily targeting. But everybody gets a bump. It's it's a great matchup. No Mitchell. I wouldn't fault you for wanting to look at anybody on this team offensively. And, of course, we always have to mention Rudy Gobert at 8,500. Uh, the price point is a little bit too cheap. The only thing that worries you is the game total. 13-point uh, spread. We talked about it. They blew him out last time. He only played 27 minutes. Put up 27.5 DK points or 37.5 DK points in that matchup where – if it stays close and he plays 35 minutes, probably has 45 to 50 written all over it. But there's always that little bit of uh, a little bit of fear and doubt creeping in your mind that this one could get away. Yeah, I agree there. I, Gobert, on my first pass of going through all this stuff, he was the top guy that I liked as a center spot. But I think he, like you said, he comes with plenty of risk. If this game gets out of hand early, especially with him just coming back um, from his bout with COVID, there, you know, he could spend a lot of time in the second half on the bench. So there's plenty of risk there. Clarkson, for me, is the most appealing guy. Um, Mitchell has missed four games this season. Clarkson played in three of those four. Uh, in those games, he's averaged 24 points, 4.3 assists, and 2.7 three-pointers. So when you when you add in the Rockets playing at the fastest pace and having the worst defensive rating in the league, 
um, yeah, Clarkson is the guy that jumps off the page for me. Absolutely. All right. Only three games left, my man. Los Angeles Clippers traveling to Denver. This game we just saw. Uh, it's a nice little rematch here for the Nuggets. Ball ball. As we know, he had that right foot surgery, was traded to the Pistons, said, nah, your dude's hurt. We can't take him. Uh, Vlaco <laughs> Kankar, P.J. Dozier, Jamichael Green, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., all ruled out. And then for the Clippers, Paul George, Keon Johnson, Kawhi Leonard, Jason Preston, uh, Jay Scrub, none of them are playing. And Luke Kennard is questionable in this one. Uh, as far as a game total, it's 213. Denver being favored by five and a half points. Talk about this Clippers team. It's kind of just been a mess all season long. And it feels like they might just be creeping towards uh, selling off some of these veterans is the vibe I'm getting. But you tell me what you think. Yeah, the, the news came out that, that Paul George uh, is still a few weeks away from, I guess, even getting close to making a return. There's no point in rushing him back with, with Kawhi out. So I think we're going to see a lot of Amir Coffee again. 5,700, he's appealing. He scored at least... 33.8 DraftKings points in four of the last five games. Uh, and when these two teams just met, he had 43.8 DraftKings points. So at that salary, that's that's a really appealing option. Yeah, that's the only guy I have any interest in. Uh, I, I've been staying away from these guards all season long. I got bit by the Reggie Jackson bug for like in the first week, and then uh, I, I just got rid of that. I was like, nope, uh, no more of that. Uh, I, was, I was lucky enough to get that Batum game where I'm not chasing it. So I'll pass on that. It'll, it'll probably just be uh, it'll probably just be coffee for me. Uh, on the Denver side of things, not a whole lot I love here. Again, it's same, similar to Giannis. If you want to play Jokic, I won't fault you at 12-4. There's not a, there's not a chance I'm going to talk you out of it. We know this dude's floor and upside is one of the most consistent in the NBA. He's averaging 62 DK points against the Clippers in two games this season. You're not going to hear me talk you out of it. The only problem is is he's at that center position. There's a lot of guys to spend up on, so it's really going to come down to your lineup construction. If you want to spend up at the center position and you're probably not going to be able to get Harden with it, that's fine. Do it that way. I'm kind of just leaning more towards going with Harden uh, if I am spending up at that position. Or maybe you know, a couple of my builds, I might just roll out three of these 9K guys. I'm, I'm really not 100% sold on it. We'll probably have how much more news break from now until lineups lock where who knows who knows what we say right now. Mike might be viable, might not be. We'll find out. But let me talk about the the uh, nuggets here for me. Yeah, I, I do feel a little bit better now about when you talk about things the night before. Now that it feels like most of the league has already had COVID, uh, it, it feels like that we're going to we've been getting a little bit less of that late breaking news lately. Um, but, yeah, the, the nuggets are they're just a strange team outside of Jokic. That seems to be a different guy that that runs with him on a nightly basis. So they're really hard to target in DFS. Um, like you said, Jokic owns the Clippers. Uh, he's hammering them this season. He hammered them last season. His success against them this season is not a surprise. They're weak at the center spot. They've allowed the six most rebounds per game in the league. Um, so like, like you said, won't, won't fall anyone who wants to roll with the Jokic in their entry. All right, man. Only two games left. Detroit Pistons on the second half of a back-to-back, traveling to Sacramento, taking on the Kings. So no injury report for the Pistons. For the Kings, it's Tyrese Halliburton still in the health and safety protocols. Uh, two twenty and a half game total. Sacramento being favored by five and a half points. On the back-to-back for Detroit, anybody piquing your interest? Yeah, uh, one guy that would have piqued my interest that unfortunately will not now. Uh, I like Trey Lyles. He's been playing really well off the bench. But the news is that Kelly Olynyk is probably going to make his return for this game. So that all of a sudden muddies the, the you know, power forward center spot um, for the Pistons. So there's not really anyone there in the front court that I would like to target. Um, I mean, the Kings are such a bad defensive team. You could look, take a look at Cade Cunningham, but it's difficult to have much faith in anyone on the Pistons. I mean, they're just such an atrocious shooting team. And, oh, man, it's, it's painful to watch them and you know kind of circling back to bull bull i was pretty excited about that trade i have him in a dynasty league where he's just been rotting for me um so i was pretty excited about that trade and then the news came out with the 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 failed physical and now he's got surgery so that's kind of a bummer yeah it's uh it's never good when you see him seven footer or above having foot surgery Uh, it's one of the it's one of those painful things that you know you know it's nothing you could predict but if you're going to predict it with any player it's going to be it's going to be a seven footer uh, they always get, I mean, that was the downfall of Yao Ming's career, uh, you know, yep. but 
Uh, it is what it is. Hopefully he gets back to the court soon. I mean, he's a very exciting player. I uh, just has, I love when we see the point ball ball. That's like my favorite thing to watch in basketball, where it's just the seven foot two gazelle running up the floor, dishing dimes and popping threes. Uh, when he's hot, man, he's hot. There's no doubt about it that the sky's the limit for him. It's just that health, man. He's got to stay healthy. Probably needs to put on a couple more pounds too as well, but we'll, we'll, we'll get some run out of him. We'll see him eventually, man. So I, I, I mean, at this point, you might as well hold him in dynasty. What are you going to do with him? Uh, last <laughs> yeah, thing you want to do not is not going to get him. anything for him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then you drop him, and all of a sudden he's playing 20 minutes a game somewhere. Uh, that would crush you. Uh, yep. I think Sacramento is probably going to be a little bit more of the enticing side of the ball. No Halliburton. Uh, we saw Terrence Davis draw that start in the last one. He's 5,300, has both dual eligibility at shooting guard uh, and small forward. With Halliburton off the floor, he has a usage rate of 22.4%. He's averaging 0.94 DK points at 5,300 in this matchup. Should be a cake matchup for him. Uh, I have interest in him. I wouldn't mind taking stabs at Buddy Heald at 63. Again, just another player with dual eligibility. Same thing as Terrence Davis, shooting guard and small forward. Uh, we know he's going to get a couple more minutes, averaging 0.93 DK points per minute with a 22.5%. Very similar to Terrence Davis when it comes to the DK points per minute and the usage. Davis, you're getting a $1,000 discount. So that's probably where I'll end up lying mostly. But those are probably the two guys I have the most interest in. I'm staying away from the front court in general over here. I do love that Holmes price tag. But we just until we see that he's getting his minutes back to where they should be, it's hard to trust, especially on a big slate like this. Yeah, the only other guy in the Kings I I would uh, add to your great list there is uh, Davion Mitchell. He's only forty seven hundred. Uh, he played twenty eight minutes with Halliburton out the other night, and he had thirty nine and a half DraftKings points. So, um, especially if this game gets out of hand, uh, if, if the Kings can race out to an early lead with the Pistons, you know, playing the second night of a back to back set, we could see some added uh, playing time for Mitchell there. So he's he's another one of those low-salary potential value guys um, to keep an eye on. Absolutely. We need as many of them on this slate that we can get. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> final game final game of the night, Indiana Pacers traveling to L.A., taking on the Lakers uh, for the Pacers. Malcolm Brogdon is questionable, along with Jeremy Lamb. Who knows if he returns in this one? Um, and who knows if he aggravates that Achilles soreness? That's, uh, that's the issue with him. That might plague him all season long. T.J. McConnell, Miles Turner, T.J. Warren all rolled out. As we know, uh, the news of Miles Turner came out this afternoon where he is having uh, – he has a stress fracture in his foot. He's going to miss at least until after the All-Star break. So we're going to get some we're going to get some minutes and some usage to go around for a couple of these guys. And then for the Lakers, Carmelo Anthony is questionable. Anthony Davis, Sekou, Mason Jones, Kendrick Nunn continue to be out. LeBron and Dwight Howard, they're always probable. Nothing else we need to really <laughs> say with them. They're never, that's never going to change. Uh, 22 and a half game total, three and a half point spread being favored towards the Lakers. Talk about this Pacers team. Yeah, I think in this matchup, I mean, obviously with Turner out, we're going to see a lot more Sabonis at the five regardless. Um, I think they're going to go with a lot of small lineups, especially against the Lakers who have been playing LeBron a lot at the five. Um, so I think Chris Duarte uh, only at 4,200. He's a great option. He had 47.8 drafting points against the Clippers on Monday. Uh, he played 34 minutes in that game especially if Brogdon out, yes, I would lock him in. Um, even if Brogdon plays, though, his salary is low enough um, and the and the Pacers could play enough small lineups um, that he should see enough minutes to hit value. Yeah, I'm all over Sabonis in this one, too. I know it's another expensive guy that we have to add to the list, and it's, it's you know, we can't play everybody. I know it comes down to it, but you said <laughs> it perfectly. Uh, Sabonis is going to see a lot of time at the center position going against LeBron, who, yes, LeBron's LeBron, but it's still an undersized center and should be able to lead to a pretty big rebounding performance for him. He's averaging 1.31 DK points with Miles Turner off the floor, 23% usage rate. I mean, the, the sky's the limit. The Lakers play at a fast pace. Their defense has been pretty much atrocious all season long. Uh, I got no issues looking at Sabonis. I like your Duarte call. 4,600 is a great price tag. I always love the dual eligibility, too. It makes construction 10 times easier. Outside of those two guys, though, um, I wasn't even on Duarte, really, until you mentioned him, but I'll keep him in my player pool now. I don't see myself going to too much. I, I'm definitely not chasing that Justin Holiday game that we got uh, against Phoenix. I mean, I, I got he won me a matchup in season long, man. I, I, he was my stream of the night that I picked up, uh, and I was not disappointed because I was chasing both blocks and steals, and there was no one really available to stream. It's a very deep league that I'm in. Uh, it worked out well for me, so I feel like you know once once you shake the tree and get the <laughs> and get the apple to fall, that there's uh you know sometimes it's not worth shaking twice. Uh, I'll probably get a rotten apple if I do it again, but 
Yeah, uh, you don't want to go to the well too many times. <laughs> no, 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 man. That's uh, it's ready. It's asking for trouble. Uh, especially, if, I mean, he's consistent when it comes to a decent stream, just because you know he's always going to play big minutes. Uh, he's got a very versatile game where, again, he could get decent blocks from that, you know, wing position. Good steals usually. He'll hit you a three or two, but it's not very often that he's knocking down twenty-seven points and hitting seven three-pointers. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not chasing that uh, for the Lakers. Nothing here, man. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. If you want to play LeBron, I wouldn't fault you. He's probably going to play the five a lot, like you said, and that's going to be a big boom for his value. Uh, I expect to have. I expect him to have a great game. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the dude's been extremely consistent at age 37. I mean, turning back the clock, man. He's having one of the best years of his career. Uh, I I don't fault you for looking at him at 11-3, but again, we got to make tough decisions here and. We can only really afford one of those 11K guys on the slate. I think you'll probably do yourself a disservice by trying to play two of them. And I just don't see him necessarily being the one. I still think I prefer James Harden over him. He's probably, I would probably say he's second, though, next to James Harden. You know, I still prefer him over Embiid. I still prefer him probably over Jokic ever so slightly, just because we're getting a $700 discount compared to Jokic. I think I prefer him over Giannis. Uh, so it's close. He's a great play, but I still think I'm just going to end up rolling with Harden over him. Yeah, like you said, LeBron's the only guy on the Lakers to consider. And, I mean, he is, if he wants to just run into the lane, who exactly is going to stop him? I mean, it's not like Sabonis is a good defender or anything. I mean, LeBron could just physically completely dominate this game. Um, so, yeah, he'd be the only Laker I would I would consider. All right, my man. That is all of the games and listen we cruise through that we're at 46 minutes right now uh we've we've got nine game slates where we'd be at the 50 minute mark right now so i think we've done pretty well uh there's no doubt about it and um, you know a lot of these games we were kind of on very similar pages it seems like uh but now i gave you the heads up we do our player tier segment where we're going to break it down into three different tiers expensive tier which is anything 8k or above mid tier which is five to seven nine and then the value is anything less than 4900 where we're going to give one play each from each tier. Guys that we see ourselves having some pretty decent ownership in. I'll let you lead. You're the guest, my man. Who is your expensive tier player of the night? Jimmy Butler. I talked about him before. I think that $9,100 salary uh, is not anything that's going to destroy your budget. I think he's definitely a threat for a triple-double. Um, so he'd be the guy I'd go with there. Yeah, I can't fault you. Excellent option. I think the easy one to say is just James Harden if I want to take the cop out. But uh, we both mentioned it, I think, several times on this show that he's an excellent play. So uh, I'll go back to those Boston guys. And, you know, with Tatum, with Brown, that's going to be the toss-up that we're always kind of sitting there leaning back and forth on. Uh, I'll go Jalen Brown at 86 just because we're getting that little bit of a $800 discount as opposed to Tatum. I think that $800 can go a long way in a big slate like this. So uh, I think they're both fantastic options. But I'm probably going to be hammering that, you know, high eights to low nine range for a lot of these guys on this slate. But bring me to the mid tier, five to seven, nine. Who are you looking at in the mid tier? My man, Jordan Clarkson. I would not be surprised if he dropped 30 points on the Rockets um, with Mitchell out. And he's he just he's on the very low end of this tier salary wise, too. So Clarkson for me. Yeah, I mean, this is a picture-perfect matchup. When you're talking about, hey, Clarkson, we got a matchup for you where you can just run and shoot as much as you want. Uh, he was always an extremely high-energy player where, you know, you give him the opportunity, he will seize it, no doubt about it. Uh, I, I do like that call. For the mid-tier, there's a, a plenty of options I could go with here. Uh, I think I kind of kind of like just keep finding myself going back to the well with uh, a guy like Dennis Schroeder. But you know, given the fact that I named already – Two Boston players. I can't. I feel like I just can't do. I can't do it again. Uh, so I won't. Uh, I'll end up going back down to the, around that 5K range, uh, right where you said it. And I'm looking at again a few different guys, but I'm drawn towards you know the Kevin Ware to range. Uh, I, I'm probably going to lean with Terrence Davis. So 5300. I like the matchup against Detroit. We know that he's probably going to draw another start. The usage and everything is right there with Buddy Hield. Just another guy that can find himself stacking the you know stuff in the stack sheet. Where at 5300, I like yours better, man. Clarkson's definitely the better option, but Darren Davis also got multi-position eligibility. Value play. Give me your favorite value. I'm cheating. I'm gonna give you three because I think you got to put all of them in the lineup together and then load up on the big salary guys. You got to go with Melton, Conchar, and Davian Mitchell. Put them all in and then load up elsewhere. 
I can't fault you. And listen, you, you already got my takes on all those guys. I'm all over <laughs> Conchar. Uh, if you yeah, if you didn't love Conchar, that's that's who I was going to mention. There's only one other value play I can really see myself playing outside of the guys you just said who would be Precious at 4,400. So I guess I'll yep. go with Precious. Uh, Mike, the guest, gets three. Uh, this was a, <laughs> a, right. a you know. Hey, listen, you're the, you're the guest, man. You get to do as you want, and you got a fabulous name as well. So I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna argue with that. Mike and Mike. Uh, DFS podcast. This is glorious. Yeah, Mike, Mike, and Mike at night uh, yeah. <laughs> instead of Mike and Mike in the morning, right over here. But we got to patent that or uh, trademark that. You know, we there can't you let go. people be taking that from us now. Uh, and then we're talking, we're going to talk Thrive Fantasy. Uh, I'll just give one quick Thrive Fantasy pick of the night with so many games. I think there's a couple of easy ones, uh, but we're going to try to find a little value. We're not just, I'm not just going to give you guys one that is necessarily, you know, like I, the Kyrie 20 and a half points you know i'm taking the over on that with no kevin durant in the lineup but uh, that's only going to get you 95 points towards your that, that, that prize pool and that lot but i think we can look at the minus sabonis uh over on 11 and a half rebounds i think that's a pretty secure one knowing that he's going to go against an undersized lebron uh you know we'll throw we'll throw a few out here why not right uh i think another pretty solid one i like that Lamelo 26 and a half points plus rebounds I think he's got a decent chance of hitting 23 actual, 22 actual points. We know that he's always good for at least six rebounds, uh, sometimes even more. In this Boston, that's going to be a clean 100 as well. But that brings us home. That wraps up everything. That is the entire slate. As always, thank you guys for listening. You can find me on Twitter, at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find my fantastic, fabulous guest, Mike Barner, at Roto Mike Barner. That's R-O-T-O-M-I-K-E-B-A-R-N-E-R. And you can also find him all over the place. Like he said, he contributes everywhere, but his main home is over there at RotoWire, where you can find all of his content, all of his great stuff for DFS. He's also contributing, like he said, to Sportsline. He's everywhere, man. This dude, 15 years in the biz, doesn't take a day off. Thanks for joining me, Mike. I really do appreciate it. Uh, and then give us a follow, thumbs up, five stars, subscribe, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, YouTube, it's everywhere. Uh, Mike, is there anything else you would like to leave our guests with or our, our listeners with uh, before you get out of here? No, th- thanks for having me on. It was fun talking some DFS, and I hope everyone finishes in the money tomorrow. That's it, man. Let's go win some money. Take care, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll be handling the slate with Harris, but... As always, like Mike said, let's go, let's get some money. Bye, guys.